Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of The Untamed Rant. What? <laughs> I am John Crowley, the Wandering Alchemist, and with me is again... Erin, uh, also aka Red, <laughs> and uh, also Untamed Scribe. Hello, everyone. This month, we are talking about... Cthulhu. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> because that's what you guys voted for. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know why she's upset. Uh, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> Cthulhu's amazing. Oh, gosh. You've already turned. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been... No. The end is nigh. The end is nigh. <laughs> the, the end has been here for a long time, and we all know it. Uh, Moving past the end, though. <laughs> before the end, we have to discuss... The end times. times. Yeah, the end times. And we're going to start, we're going to talk about Lovecraft. Definitely, we're talk about obviously. What what the Cthulhu mythos are, what that horror is. Um, and then we're going to talk about playing RPGs in it. Indeed. And why you might want to. And or, the, the, or not. Or yeah, not, you but, might not want I... to. It is not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> But there's a lot of different style games you can play in a lot of different systems. So let's start with don't, the don't, don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss out of hand. <laughs> there's definitely a lot out there. And for those of you who are true diehard Cthulhu fans, I am sure you're get one, you're getting a thumbs up from Crowley. Good on you. And two, <laughs> I am sure you can find way more out there than we have in this particular podcast. But this is what we're going to talk about and what we're going to go over. And I hope that you enjoy because it is some interesting stuff. And uh, hopefully it doesn't make you go crazy. <laughs> but it so, might. So I had to assign Aaron <laughs> readings to prepare for True. this. I, I do not know as much about Cthulhu and that world and Lovecraft and his realms as much as you do. <laughs> That's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's cover what I signed. I signed her some Lovecraft to read. Indeed. I, uh, you read The Call of Cthulhu. I did. Which you have to read. Yes, yeah, Cthulhu. that was the first one I started with. Absolutely. Uh, it's not quite Cthulhu mythos until the last, like, two pages of the story, but The Rats in the Walls, because yeah. that's my favorite Lovecraft story. Uh, Read that. And it's really good. Read these stories, people. <laughs> uh, pretty much all of the ones we're going to name will be in any good Lovecraft uh, anthology. Correct. Uh, along with lots of others, but these ones will all definitely be in there. Um, what else? I also, the dreams, uh... The dreams in the witch, witch house. house? Yes, I am almost finished with, unfortunately I didn't finish it before we started this, but, uh, definitely... That has the rat thing, right? Yeah, it's just all... With the human face? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, <laughs> no, no, it really is good. <laughs> you haven't read these ones, but also The Color Out of Space? These are ones I've been given after this podcast because she now has to keep I'm reading. yeah now now I'm just she can't in give it. the book back until she finishes it. <laughs> now I'm just in it and there's no going back. <laughs> there never is. <laughs> Color out of space <laughs> at the mountain of madness. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadow over Innsmouth. Yes. Those are all essential Lovecraft Cthulhu reads. Yes. Um. So I've been told. Yeah. Other reads, if you want to get into Cthulhu Mythos, you gotta look into Derleth. August yes. Derleth. He really, he coined the love, the Cthulhu Mythos term. Indeed. Uh, and really started codifying the mythos. And he added a lot to it that not everyone agrees upon. And it has changed many times over the years. Many, and there's many, many different times. versions. But the base mythos is the brainchild of Lovecraft and Derleth. And all the many writers who have pulled from it. Correct. So, do you want to start with Lovecraft and the mythos? Dive right in. Cosmic indifference. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to get a little academia on you. Oh, uh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I wrote a paper about this last semester. <laughs> and it's it's the basis mm -hmm. for the subgenre that is Lovecraftian horror. And it is cosmic indifference, 
which is the idea that humans are meaningless in the greater universe. Well, shit. <laughs> the same way an ant, a single ant does virtually nothing. Nope. In terms of the space around it. The bigger the space around it, the less it does. I mean, it does a lot for a little habitat. The country? Yeah. The continent? <laughs> the world? That one ant? The solar system? Mm. Um, probably humans, not. <laughs> humans in terms of all reality? Meaningless. <laughs> so meaningless. Uh, that's And Lovecraft, he's all about that. He's very xenophobic. Yes. He's very... Uh, very attached to the idea that we we might ascribe a little too much meaning to ourselves and be a little too self-absorbed. self-absorbed. And I definitely see that throughout his writings. At least from what I've even just yeah. read. Because it's just how it was for him. <laughs> and it's it's sort of subtle, but at the same time, if you look closely enough, it's it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <Nope>. It's not. <laughs> the other part of it is that knowledge is dangerous. Uh, but yeah. Because the more we know and understand, the less we do, the more dangerous that is just to ourselves. If you read these books, you'll understand that eventually you know enough that you can't even handle that information anymore. Understanding the old gods spells insanity and death. Mm. It's a fuzzy thought that, you know, many <laughs> people have. <laughs> so positive. Yeah, it's really positive. Um, yeah. yeah, so his stories are dark, weird. They have a lot to them, though. Despite the fact that I don't know as much as you do know on this. Um, I still enjoyed reading them because there's still so much depth to them and the stories hook you anyway. Like, you want to know what's happening. Are these people mad? Are they crazy? What's going to happen? Murder? You know, all this other stuff. Like, I, I just got to know. So, so let's prepare people. If you're going to read it and you haven't read it before, and I gave her this warning, Lovecraft likes really big words. Oh, yes. Yes, he does. He's very verbose. Mm-hmm. Um... The excessive amount of description he gets into about seemingly mundane stuff is necessary for the stories. Don't let that deter you from reading his books. Mm -hmm. And you can probably get over the big words that no one ever has used since him. Because <laughs> he likes yeah. he likes a lot of those, too. But the the very long, involved, mundane descriptions... Are important, and I, and you know, I don't know if anybody's going to get this reference, but it's definitely not a Th White scenario with the Once and Future King, where you just want it to be over and you don't know why it's taken five pages to describe one thing, like a rock. I don't understand. Listen, it doesn't bear wait, any any weight in the story. I liked the Once and Future King. I hated that book. Have you read La Mort de Art? No, because that's gigantic. No, I haven't read it. Oh, is this is this my next thing? I'm like, I'm no, <laughs> I didn't read it. Isn't that the one? And that I nobody read the Silmarillion. Isn't that, oh god. <laughs> anyway, off topic. <laughs> so there's a lot of description, but it's important because yes. things start to break down. And if you read a lot of them, you'll understand that he's writing them from the points of view of people after the fact that these events have happened to them. Yes. So that's another Which is interesting. thing that you, realistically, if you really want to delve into his stories and pull a lot out of them, you have to read them multiple times. Mm -hmm. Because when you read them after knowing what you know after the first time, mm -hmm. you catch more and realize more and treat the narrator differently than you did the first read through. Which definitely happened to me and... I think after we started talking about the rats on the walls, for example. That's a really good example. I was a little confused by the end, and I didn't understand what was happening to him. Spoilers. Maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> then... Really. Yeah, not really, unless we decide to mention it. That's why I said maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
I, I will probably have to go back and reread it because now that I know what there is to know about his end situation, I I definitely want to reread it. But that's something that kind of gets me too is the fact that he's writing this as those people, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like they're that bad off in terms of mental sanity before the while they're right while it's in the beginning and then you get to the end and you're like I hmm. Hmm. That's the other thing. <laughs> Lovecraft reminds me that the insane don't always sound insane. Mm-hmm. Which is refreshing and different for me just because, one, I've never read anything like that before, but two, I I didn't even know that that would be something I mean, that could, could be conveyed in such a well-done manner. Think, think about the Joker. He's batshit insane. True. But... His dialogue sometimes, cold, logical. Oh yeah. Specific. And if you can do that for a bad guy, hey, you know, if you can make people question, (laughs) yeah. It's why the Joker's terrifying because he is unbridled chaos and insanity, but there is a, a sanity to it. Yes, yes. But in terms of short stories and and that kind of thing. It was just interesting to read, and definitely something I have to reread, because after our conversations, knowing now what I know about the characters, I have to. It changes to. Yeah, it changes, it changes your view on it, and you have it's to reread it, because great. you want to, you want that in-depth, you want to know, and knowing is not, not necessarily good. good. Not good. <laughs> but it's the only weapon you have. Oh, but knowledge leads to... Yes. Yes, no. it does. <laughs> and... Do you see the cycle here, people? Do you see what's happening? Yeah, cosmic indifference. <laughs> Meaningless. <laughs> but it's so good. Uh, I guess so, that depends on on your on how far into it you are, I guess. Right. So the mythos that have come out of these stories. Yes. The mythos Pantheon's not really the right word. No. It is not like the Greek so. Pantheon or the no. Norse Pantheon, you know. There's relationships like that, uh, I mean, including yeah. mother and father and cousin and brother it. relationships, but we're talking beings beyond the reality that we know it mm-hmm. and how we know it. So, I mean, these are only subtle aspects. These are creatures who may not even notice us, right. let alone... Care, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's lots of different beings and different power levels within those beings. There's Azathoth. There's Shubnigarath. There's Nyarlathotep, which is the most interactive of them. I remember reading about that one. Yeah, he likes to take human form. Yes, he's mm-hmm. called the Crawling Chaos. Yes, thank you. Yes, that's the one that was like, oh shit. <laughs> the Black Sultan. Um, he likes, or the the Black Pharaoh as well. He likes to take on different human forms and toy with people. He's almost because we're the tr- meaningless. He's almost the trickster god of the mythos. That's yeah, I'd say that's pretty spot on for him. Yeah, knowing what I know about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have like Dagon. Dagon is just like an ancient fish person who causes <laughs> yeah. more people to worship him and become fish people. Why not? <laughs> and then Cthulhu just sleeps and dreams imprisoned in his city under the ocean until the stars align and he can escape. Ugh. Let's hope that never happens, because death. <laughs> There's Ithaqua of the Northern Wind. There's Shudmail. The giant tentacled worm below the ground. Hmm. Sathagwa. And his formless spawn. The big hairy bat-like toad. Chognarfon. The elephant. Reminiscent of Ganesh, but nowhere near as kindly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if kind is even in the vocabulary for any of these at all. No, they have no, no. emotions or morals that we could ever I mean, understand. Yeah. Uh, those peons. <laughs> P- 
peons, ants. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse Specs. me. Specs we are nothing. of dust. <laughs> oh, God. So speaking of um, Cthulhu, and specifically in terms of games, let's go yeah. there. So why, why and how should anybody play a any of the Mythos games? Because it's fun. <laughs> okay, like, ha ha, games are fun. Because <laughs> uh, they're different. Yeah, I. The same reason you should read the stories. Yeah, different and un- unique. Lovecraftian well. horror is a subgenre of regular horror because it's unique mm-hmm. in cosmic indifference and these weird otherworldly beings. Yeah. And even. Aliens that we might be able to understand are just so crazy different that we couldn't possibly understand them. Like, the Migo are just an alien race. But they're fungus bugs. And if they really like you, they'll put your brain in a jar and keep that alive. Because it's worth it. <laughs> and if they don't, they won't. Like Yeah. And... Best friends! <laughs> putting your brain in a jar. <laughs> oh, Cool. Thanks, bud. (laughs) Besties. So that's one of the things that I think we talked about the most in terms of the games for this was that they're challenging, which is, again, another reason why this is probably not the best game for everyone, and it won't be. That's just how it is. But they are very challenging. Yes. It's gritty. Yes. Um, They're also very involved in mystery. Mm -hmm. It's not... It's not space and ray guns and lightsabers. Right, and yeah. space pirates or aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not fantasy and dragons and no, swords. No, not and at magic. all, exactly. It's survival and mystery. And the more you know, the less you want to know, but the more you need to know if you're going to do anything about it. And survive, But the more yeah. you know, the less likely you are to stay sane, but it's the only way you can do anything. Yeah. It's... It can be really complicated, but I feel like if you can make it through that, amazing. <laughs> just, right. gets, and that's just the bare bones of what it, you'd be called. Right. It, it becomes a game where the longer you survive and the more you know, the more good you can do, but the less likely you are to make it out of any given scenario. Yes. That's fair. assessment <laughs> of how challenging it is. <laughs> yeah. But it is, like we said, different and unique, and that's really one of the best reasons to play it. Yes. Because it's so different and unique. And you have to make decisions in these kind of games that you wouldn't necessarily have to make in in other games. Yes. Which is, again, part of the challenging part. (laughs) And good luck to you. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, there's other... There's... Like, toned-down versions, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can play a more pulpy adventure where it's very uh, Indiana Jones or The Mummy or that style adventure mm-hmm. um, where there's heroics and close calls, but, like, you're not fearing for your life. Right. But if you want the real Cthulhu experience, you need an insanity mechanic. Yes, absolutely. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... The danger of knowledge. <laughs> it gets us every time. <laughs> so, for Cthulhu, why don't we talk a little bit about who he is and where he comes from and uh, just touch on some of Lovecraft's other works and, and that kind of thing. Well, we already mentioned a bunch of Lovecraft's works. I didn't know if there was something more than what we've mentioned that you would feel would be necessary to talk about. Anything. <laughs> just Anything pick something you're yeah. going to go. <laughs> You'll find some some new creature. Okay. It'll be a book about Sathagwa or... Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. I the Shagoths or uh, Shubnigroth, Black Goat in the Woods. You'll find all kinds of new things. I think because I haven't read as much about the other gods, I don't fear them as much. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think that there's a lot, you know, the necessarily... The problem is... You Bad. never really know anything about them. I know. You learn... Just like that one that I you learn agreed with you about. They're minions. You learn the different ways they're represented in idols. Yeah, idols You learn descriptors that, like, conflict with each other. You learn 
other names for them, but to, you never actually learn anything about them. So about like the knowledge the, thing. <laughs> the classic image of Cthulhu is the big, green, yes, demonic, octopoid head creature. Huge wings. But that's only because that's just how it's happened. Mm-hmm. When you read The Call of Cthulhu, they allude to these features, but yes, they they, do. he does not describe it succinctly. Yeah, it's not in, in a fact, lot of detail on that one, actually. they ram his head with the boat, and it splits in half, and then reforms. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> specifics can't even be trusted, because these are unknowable creatures. They could have ten different looks, and we'd never know it. And Nyarlathotep, is, that's accepted, is that he always looks different. He has favored avatars, but you never know what you're going to get. I think that's something else that I notice. Again, I've really only read about three of the stories. <laughs> Woo! Approximately. Approximately. Um, but in Call of Cthulhu, that's one of those things where, despite all of his description and the importance it is to the story, the description of Cthulhu itself is not. It's a bit. It's it's not the the part that gets you. It's what you don't know about it that really gets you. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why I think thus far I'm more <laughs> concerned with Cthulhu because I haven't read any of the other. But that's all the other ones are, too. I, I'm assuming, yes, but, I, you know, I haven't touched those yet. <laughs> so I'm going to go crazy, is what you're saying. And well, I mean, that's and that. rats in the walls. <laughs> that, that you one find out exactly story, where the sound is coming from, but... Then there's a thousand other questions that you never yeah. get answered that whose potential answers can do nothing but haunt your nightmares. And that story, I think we were talking about, too, for that story, it's not... I think you said it's not traditional Lovecraft, but it's, it's not. Still, it's not mythos. Yes, yes, really. thank you. I mean, Nyarlathotep's name is mentioned. Right, yes. In a, in a mad, raving yeah. rant. Yeah. But the Towards story... The yeah. I mean, it's it's Lovecraftian horror, but right. it's not mythos. Yes, that's that's the distinction with that one. But that is still an amazing story. It's so good, and there's still so many questions <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> Horrible questions you probably don't actually want to know the answer to. And yeah, yet, no, I wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> you do. You do. Kind of like when you drive by an accident and you're like, oh, I don't want to look. But then you look and there's the head rolling down the street and you look away and you're like, no, I don't want to. But then you continue to look. And you're like, I wish I didn't look. <laughs> and then you still look. <laughs> it's, um, it's that, that, the macabre, the interest in yeah. the macabre. But this is... Lovecraft is psychological macabre. Yeah. It's like, you want to keep reading, you want to know more, because it's just, it blows your mind. Right. And makes no sense. <laughs> and You I, want it to make sense, but the more you know, the more you realize it's never going, going to, to make sense. No. One question leads to a thousand different other questions, and it just keeps going. <laughs> that's why it's... So good. <laughs> the um the other thing uh too that um I thought Cthulhu was interesting to me, at least in the call of Cthulhu, was the fact that he and correct me if I'm wrong, but he Lovecraft. No no no, not Lovecraft, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear. Cthulhu is all about dreams and and getting to you through your dreams. Did I did it's I interpret that correctly? Kinda. I mean Cthulhu is asleep in Riley. Right, Cthulhu yes. dreams. Right, that much but I, I understand But his dreams can it. touch upon the dreams of the creative That's types, right, yes. Artists, Which makes me not want to be creative. <laughs> um, but I... <laughs> oh, no. If you ever watch Into the Mouth of Madness. Which I have yet to watch. Sorry, everyone. If you've seen it, though. It's the same story. It touches <laughs> the creative <laughs> people, and the creative people become... Linked. Okay, yeah, that's can way have to do the it, yeah. ability to um touch upon the psyche of these. That's why they go crazy. 
It's why they're found by cults. But it's also why the cults don't kill them. The cults don't kill the people making paintings or sculptors of the great old ones. But they kill the people investigating. Yes. And searching for answers. And that's also explained in The Call of Cthulhu in terms of the cults and all of that. Part of it, the statues and how important those things are. To the cults. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that... Oh, gosh. It's just a wormhole, people. <laughs> what? I'm trying to remember the title of the Shutmail book. Or story. But I can't. Oh, okay. That's well, a good one, too, though. Look that up if you get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone else you did want to mention, uh, other than Derleth, was Titus, uh, the author oh, of Titus Brian Crow. Lumley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you don't want to get too deep into the just the horror, the dumb macabre, the hopeless <laughs> stories, uh, Brian Lumley goes off of the Dreamlands sequence uh, very much so, and he does so in a very uh, adventure, a pulp adventure style. So it's not as... Uh, hopeless or as dreary as Lovecraft and similar stories usually go. It's a lot more uh, faster-paced, fun, really good books, but absolutely mythos. Like, nothing but mythos. You get talking ghouls and Zug and the cats of um, Ulthar... And something else that we um, were talking about, too, was that there's Lovecraft and Derleth specifically were more the spearhead of, of the mythos. They're the, they're the big names yes. of the mythos. Yes, but, but there are other authors that also touched on it. and uh, Dozens yes. and hundreds <laughs> of authors. It's why the, Lovecraft, the, the mythos is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's because they're just... It's literally hundreds of short stories by... Probably hundreds, maybe thousands at this point. It's been a hundred years of authors. Yeah, and I think you even said that Stephen King did a few. Yes, Uh, Stephen King, Crouch End. Okay. Um, It's because there's so little specifics and there's nothing but questions. You don't have to... You can't contradict the mythos. You can only add to it and create more questions. Which is insane. It's why the mythos are awesome. Like, it's just its own living entity at this point. It's living chaos. And oh, good, good. So look into that if you're interested. I mean, there's, I think, if you just read the Call of Cthulhu, there's at least four different ways to write and pronounce Cthulhu's name alone. Which we talked about as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and Lovecraft. Didn't care if other people wrote about it. Like, this is... It just is. Yeah. Embrace it. Yes. <laughs> uh, and there's there's lots of cool stories out there. I read one that featured Captain Nemo and the Nautilus. Oh, what? And finding <laughs> ruins... That's awesome. ...while trying to repair his ship and getting attacked by a Shagoth. <laughs> so cool. It was such a cool story. That that would be interesting to read. I, I, I would read that. no reason not to include Captain Nemo, because why not? Right? That's great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some really cool stories out there, and lots of collections. So, speaking of cool stories, you should definitely try to play a cool story for Cthulhu. And uh, some of the ones that we're going to talk about, obviously, the, the Call of Cthulhu is one. Yes. If you're going... To get into these games, if you've read it and haven't played the games, or if you haven't read it and haven't played the games, if you have any interest in playing these books, and I apologize for the squeaky chair in the background. You're the worst. Nothing I can do about it. Stop. Every little movement (laughs) If you have any interest, The Call of Cthulhu by Chaosium is the... Cthulhu game. Yes. It, it it has insanity rules. It is gritty. It is dark. You I mean, will die. You know how And many... they have dozens and dozens of supplements. The right. seventh edition, I believe, is the one that just came out. 
Um, if you're anywhere near RPG News, you probably heard about the failed Kickstarter. Uh, I'm not what's sure the which word? One. What's the word? Fulfillment uh, of last year, but some of the the old hats in the group came back and took over Chaosium, and have as of the past few months been getting those books out there, and they put them. They brought Chaosium back from the brink, and now the seventh edition is actually out. Um, and people have it. <laughs> it's a real thing. Since paying for it. <laughs> I personally have, I think that's the the soft cover one over there. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sixth edition. Yep, you have the sixth edition, um, so. But you can play the game with just this book, but there are adventures. There are supplements that feature specific uh, elder gods. Uh, specific stories, specific types of stories, specific time periods. All A lot of this, obviously, um, or maybe not obviously, but Lovecraft was writing these in the 20s, 30s. Uh, Derleth was a little later. And so a lot of these stories take place during, like, the period where you see the Indiana Jones movies take place. Mm-hmm. And before then, the period when the Mummy movies take place. That, that pulp era where right. exploration is still there, but so is industry and invention. And, you know, we're on that edge between that cusp, yeah. globalization and most of the world is untouched. Um, and a lot of modern stories are still written in that era. So a lot of the source books you can find for the 20s or the 30s or the 40s or if you want to play a gangster game. Um, like, there's so many supplements out mm-hmm. there, and that's just for the Call of Cthulhu. Right. And that's the best, probably the best place to start I for would say a so strict too. Cthulhu most, game. Most important place to start, I think. If you're, like, super, super attached to the D20 system and 3rd edition D&D, you can find, probably online, eBay, uh, you can find a D20 version of the Call of Cthulhu. Which is the Call of Cthulhu in the D20 system. And there's... It might cost you a little bit, depending on how long you're willing to wait to find it. Because it wasn't in print for all that long. Uh, I don't know what the disagreement between Chaosium and Wizards was. Right. And I don't think there was full agreement when it went to print to begin with. So... There's not as many of them out there as other ones, but it's also not a highly sought right. book. So you could probably pick it up for 10 to $30. Mm-hmm. I got mine. I don't think I paid full price when I got it, but the sticker on... I got it at, like, a collectible shop. Uh, the sticker says 40 bucks. That's about cover price. Right, yeah. Um, and I think I got it during one of their sales. But, I mean, if you're way into the D20 system, or have, like, a D20 future game or D20 modern game going, Mm -hmm. definitely look for that, because that would be your easiest transition. Um, So, for D&D, we've got old deities and demigods. You mentioned the D20 system, uh, which has Call of Cthulhu, yep. Yeah, which we just mentioned, but the deities and demigods from AD&D. Yes. And this was back when they were cooperating, and... Chaosium was a little upset about this from what I've read, but was like, yeah, you can go ahead and include it as a list of deities, because in the Deities and Demigods book, they have all the different mythos, Chinese, Hindu, Mm -hmm. Native American. uh, Yeah, there's a lot in there. Like Conan, I think, is in here. I mean, they went all out. Yeah, they Um, Which I love about those AD&D editions. Melanibonian, which is... I can't remember the author and the books, but it's another series. Uh, Celtic, Japanese, Finnish, Egyptian. Um, but Cthulhu is one of the sections, and this is one of the earliest non-Chaosium uh, inclusions of the Cthulhu mythos. And it has stats for Cthulhu. The king in yellow, Hester, he who must not be named. How could I forget him? <laughs> 
some of the other creatures for Azathoth, Deep Ones, Yogg-Sothoth. Um, so that's a really interesting one to look at. And I like this because it includes all the alternative names yes. for them. So Yogg-Sothoth, the Key and Guardian of the Gate. Shubnigaroth, Black Goat of the Woods with a Thousand Young. Which is why when we say that they went all out in AD&D, we, we mean it. And that's, again, I, I one of the things it. I love about it. <laughs> and there's a whole section about the mythos, uh, about Lovecraft, about the Old Ones. Um, it mentions Lovecraft's friends, including uh, August Ehrlich, Robert Block, Robert E. Howard, um major writers that you would recognize the titles of their novels were also writing short stories for the magazines back then and had their own yeah. Cthulhu Lovecraftian stories. That's one of the things, too. The Dunwich Horror. How could I forget that one? <laughs> That's one of those things, too. If you are reading some of the stories, the version that you gave me, just as a side note, the version that you gave me was the complete and unabridged. So it actually gives you little snippets about Lovecraft and his life. Yes. And I remember reading that about him, about the magazines, and it was, from it what was really heard, neat to, to read about I those I mean, he's snippets. a really interesting person, too, because yeah. from what I've heard, and you can see his interest in psychology and insanity yeah. um, of the time, from what I've heard, his mother was committed Oh, really? Um, and that's where a lot of his negative thoughts towards psychologists okay. and the psychology of the time come from. I mean, I've heard that. I haven't even read that. Right. But, I mean, I've talked to people One about of those Lovecraft, things, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could it could explain it if that's Feel free yeah. to verify. Yeah, um, please do. Any info anybody's got on Anything that, you want to read on Lovecraft himself is very interesting. He's a very... Yeah, which is why, man. which is why I like this version of the stories that you've given me because it has that extra information. But like you said, for the um, old deities and demigods from AD and D, you know, it it, uh -huh. it has so much of the breakdown there for these creatures, for Lovecraft himself, even if it's just a little snippet. The other people he's worked with, yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, that's definitely if you have access to the book. Uh, it's definitely something interesting to look into and can give you a little insight into some of those gods, mm -hmm. um, at least in the fluff. You don't need to read the, the stat blocks. Yeah. Unless you're playing AD&D. &D. <laughs> all the power to you. And then also for D&D, &D, Far Realms. Yes. So, they after this, they kind of were like, no, even though you said we could, we're not going to include the Cthulhu mythos. But they still created their own version Okay. With the Far Realms and Mind Flayers and um, I remember you mentioned this. Yeah. and Aberrations, the, the weird, the crazy, the mm -hmm. out there. Uh, that's where D&D uh, &D has always created their Lovecraftian Crafting, yeah. stories <laughs> with their own monsters. Right. Um, so... The Lovecraft stuff is, it's there in D&D, even if you don't recognize it as such. But if you want to play a Lovecraftian game in D&D, &D, take anything considered an aberration, mm -hmm. add more mind flayers and beholders, <laughs> oh, <no! laughs> make nothing make sense, <laughs> and you, are and good you to have go. <laughs> Lovecraft in the D&D &D world. That's it. <laughs> um... One of the ones that we still have yet to play. But we're gonna. But we're going to because we have to. I'm putting my foot down. We have to do it. We have to make the time. Because she still hasn't played. I still have yet to play is The End of the World. The End of the World. And A that's great the, series of books. And so the, end, the, the end of the World is by uh, Fantasy Flight. And that's the this version specifically is Wrath of the Gods. Yes. There's uh, four books, each concerning a different topic. Zombies, aliens, robots... And the gods. And the gods. Um, now, this book doesn't just concern the mythos. There's also... What do we got? <laughs> the return... Oh, I should just look at the table of contents. The things you learn, people. Gaia's Revenge. 
The Return of Quetzalcoatl, Ragnarok, Revelation, and then the Cthulhu one, That Which Is Not Dead. Sounds great. Because that which is not dead can eternal lie, and in strange aeons even death may die. Yeah, that's on the back of one of the other books, too. It's, it's, one, it's one of the most quoted lines it's from the books. Yeah, from Lovecraft, yeah. Um, oh, boy. But if you haven't heard of the end of the world, basically you create your characters as you. You are yeah. the characters. What you have on you is what you, your character has. I love that about it. And you are going through an end of the world apocalypse scenario. It's so interesting. I want to play so bad. <laughs> right? Um, and the books are great because they give you the end of the world scenario. They give you timelines on how to work it out. The different things that might be occurring. Yeah. Um, because, like, you could be fighting the deep ones on the coastline in the Call of Cthulhu style scenario. Or you could be fighting Shagoths or cultists. I mean, there's different things you can do, but they ha- they consider that for the book. But then there's also a secondary section for all of these scenarios, which includes post-apocalypse. Right. After the majority of people have died and the survivors have set up camp and the new world order has begun settled out. <laughs> And don't don't get bogged down by the fact that we're explaining how much information is in this book because it's not big and it's not complicated no. and no. it's super it's easy all... for character creation and all of that. It, it's... Yeah, it's all fluff to help the DM right run the story because I mean it's very they're very take your cues from apocalypse movies right post apocalypse exactly. yeah. movies. I mean Dawn of the Dead. In terms of the zombie book, yeah, for it, that yeah. is how you would play one of the games. That is an advent, an adventuring party. It's not the right word. Uh, <laughs> survival party. <laughs> yeah, a, a party of survival. Survivors. Su- survivors. You're words. doing great. Don't no. <laughs> so a group of survivors. Um, but don't get bogged down by how much we're talking about no, it because there's I mean, really not a lot. And to when I the say book. like scenarios for what could happen on. The event. We're talking two pages. Right. Four scenarios with two paragraphs of description and major bullet points for what the players would encounter. Yeah. It's, Creating the stories up to you. This hits the highlights, the important yeah. things, what makes the apocalypse the apocalypse. And then a handful of stats for most likely to be encountered things. And then all. It's it's almost all narrative from there. And I think you... Is this the one that you were talking about that you said that potentially you could do in, like, a three-hour mini-session? Like, you don't even yeah. have to... Yeah. The f- especially the first session, because character creation is very quick. Yes, that was, and then, that was a good And then, realistically, point that, yeah. if you're doing the apocalypse scenario... Right. You're in the event. You're yeah. either surviving the first couple hours or you're not. Not. Mm-hmm. That's it. You can play that out in one session. Easy. Yeah. Exactly. And then you can choose whether or not to continue it in future sessions. Right. If you survive. If you survive. Well, we all know who's not surviving when we play. <laughs> yeah, if you want something where you get to play yourself and is a lot lighter rules-wise than Call of Cthulhu, uh, definitely... Um, pick this one up. Pick this one up, yeah. Yeah. Um, next one uh, that we wanted to just touch on and talk about was the uh, Realms of Cthulhu. Which is my personal favorite. Because this is Savage Worlds Call of Cthulhu. I was going to say, I Sav- feel like I some love... of that's come into our campaign a it little has. bit. <laughs> I've used this heavily in Brave New World. That's what I thought. <laughs> I love the Savage Worlds system. And it's so much easier and so much more flexible, in my opinion. Um, and Realms of Cthulhu by Reality Blurs includes literally everything you could ever need for a Cthulhu game. And again, it's not a... With random tables to create adversaries, with random tables to create aliens, Mm -hmm. um, spell rules, insanity rules, everything. And again, it's um, not a big book either. And it's not going to bog you down. It has adventure rules, it has mixed rules, and it has gritty rules. So right. you can play different styles of campaign with this and the Savage Worlds base book. Right. Um, Which I think is interesting 
for the our only, Savage Worlds game. The only I've noticed it a little contemporary bit. <laughs> Call of Cthulhu style game I've ever run used this and not Call of Cthulhu. And it went incredibly well. This, If you like Savage Worlds <laughs> and you want to play a Cthulhu game, get this book. You have to get this book. They go hand in hand. <laughs> it, I mean, and even if you don't, having this as a Cthulhu RPG resource is actually incredibly good. Because... Do you like that better than Call of Cthulhu? Um... Yeah. It's smaller, it's compact... It's simplified. And it has tons of information. Yeah. Without having to sift. That's perfect, I mean, you go right to the back of the book, and you automatically get... It gets broken down. Old gods, elder gods, great old ones. Why they're different power levels. Yeah. I, I mean, it breaks it down mechanically and narratively succinctly. It's just a well-done book. And that's something you can appreciate as a player and definitely as a as GM. A team, <laughs> regardless of what game you're playing. Absolutely. It, it gives you a framework <laughs> to work off of. And then, I think the last one we had in terms of RPG was Cthulhu Tech, which I've never even touched. So... <laughs> Cthulhu Tech. Another one we one have yet to play. One of the books that... <laughs> of course. I... Is, like... We'll have trouble getting a group of people to play. Isn't that the problem with all? Yeah, games? but this one's significant <laughs> because this, this one is a, little is a little more in depth than the rules. It's its own rule system. Okay. And there's there's a lot to it. Um, not as succinct, not Cthulhu as simplified. Tech, you could play a variety of different games like this. You could play a very Delta Green game. Okay. And Delta Green is a another Cthulhu RPG that's very um, X-Files-ish, but it's more Men in Black. Right. And it's not even Men in Black so much as, like, U.S. military Men in Black. There, yeah. There you go. Uh, like, the army version of the Men in Black. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> you can play that style game. You can play a mech game with oh, wow. this. Yeah. Um, you can also play, like, a sci-fi, like a standard sci-fi game with this. Okay. Uh, depending on what aspect of the world you want to encounter. But the world has effectively been and is being destroyed by Lovecraftian horrors of the mythos. And there are different organizations, and there are a couple alien species helping... Or not helping humans, depending on where you fall in that spectrum. You could play a very political game, even, with Hel- this. Um, just to go back for a second. Helping, like, helping or helping, like, I'm going to preserve your brain in a jar. No, they're, they're humanoid. <laughs> okay, cool. They're humanoid. Um, helping. But, I mean, there's different different countries have ra- much more racism than others, you know, because okay, they're yeah. aliens. Yeah, um, I got So you. you could play a very political game in this, and... The Cthulhu-esqueness of it could just be a background dropping for that. Right. <laughs> um, but that's one of the reasons I really like this. But I also like it because it's it's on the edge of ap- Apocalypse, but also kind of focused Apocalypse. So, like, the Apocalypse almost happened. Okay. So there are horrors everywhere, and there are mechs fighting these horrors. It's very Pacific Rim. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In some ways. That's a cool um, idea. Okay, I gotcha. So... I think it would be really cool to play a game in it, but that's part of the thing. The, the rules are made to cover all of those scenarios. Oh, yeah. That and then can... you have to you have to pick which one, because you don't need to know the mech rules if you're not playing a mech right. game. I'm sure that can so, be I mean, a little complicated. So, I mean, there's a bit of complication and prep mm-hmm. for this, but it is a really cool setting, and it enables you to do a lot that other settings won't. You're not going to get mechs in the Call of Cthulhu. No. I, yeah. No. Not, not um, at all. Yeah, so, and you're not going to be able to quite as, quote-unquote, easily dive between a Delta Green spy game and, like, an almost sci-fi adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, between, like, campaign arcs, like you could potentially do in this. So it's got um, a lot of potential to it in terms of where yes, you could... Yes, but it's, there's definitely yeah. a commitment to learning the rules. Absolutely, yeah. 
Um, Especially if Which it's... is one of the reasons we haven't played this, because <laughs> I would have that, to spend yeah. a lot of time <laughs> preparing for it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and figuring out how to make sure you guys can play it right. without too much effort, or having you read the book from the exactly, back. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, it's definitely one of the uh, thicker books. You can still get these. They're a little harder to find. And who's that Last one? time I checked, and this was actually a couple years ago, um, they were still in print okay. from the website. Um, I, Not I'm so much anymore? I'm almost 100% sure you can get the PDF still. Okay, that's... That's pretty decent. No not, promises not sure, on any yeah. of that, though. I haven't done the research. I only have the core book. Yeah. Um, the other books they had are definitely worth looking into. If I ever started the game, I would definitely look into getting... I think they have a monster-ish one. Um, and, and, but yeah, Wildfire. Okay. Uh, is the website on here? That would be awesome if it was. Oh, CthulhuTech.com. There you go. But Wildfire is the publisher. Um, and it's cool. <laughs> um, giant Cthulhu Kaiju versus Mech. And alien Mechs have weird Cthulhu-esque biotech, if I remember correctly. I mean... That would be crazy to play. It's one of those settings that tries to do a lot... And does it, and it makes it a complicated game to get into. Yeah. But like, I imagine the system is there's some potential yeah. there. That's that's one of those ones. It's not that you don't start with. <laughs> yeah, and the system isn't. I don't want to say the system's like really complicated, but it's it's different. It's not a d20 system, and it's not strictly a percentile die system like Rifts or I believe Call of Cthulhu is mostly percentile die. Okay. It's got its own system. So it, it's a right. new system you're learning. It's not similar to other ones. And it's not a simple system like Apo- Apocalypse World, uh, right. like Monster of the Week. Right. Or like Savage Worlds, where like you always need to roll a four. Right. And you exactly. get bigger die. It's a complex multi-die system oh, with God. multiple mechanics. It's. Do you, do you know if that one... Uh, does it involve all the D20 dice? Do you know? Um, I think... Don't quote. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me. It's all based on memory. I think D10s are really important. Okay. D6s are important. I think some other ones get involved. I don't think D20s are huge. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, like, D10s are important, but it's not percentile die. It's... Okay. It's, uh... And it's... If I remember correctly, it's kind of like Cypher, where there's, like, a challenge rating okay. mechanic, but it's not as uh, sleek as Cypher, where it's just a challenge rating mechanic. Gotcha, like, okay. There's, like, a skill level and bonus mechanic involved in that. Yeah. There's some math in there. Yeah. So, I mean, def- if you can play 3.5 or Pathfinder... Yeah, there you go. You're, that, you're that's fine okay. on that. But it yes. is different. Yeah. And if you want easier Great mechanics, yeah. don't play it. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for mechs and weird bio mechs and crazy out there futuristic Cthulhu stuff, it's definitely good for inspiration. Yeah. If nothing else. That could be really interesting yeah. to play if we ever get a chance. <laughs> um, so, it's at the bottom of I know. Oh, God, I know. There's so many people. There's so many. <laughs> TMNT, yes. yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Listen. Segway, folks. <laughs> I have TMNT and Other Strangeness uh, from when it came out, which is a Rift's Palladium system. I have... Uh, excuse me for a moment, people. This is one of those moments where I go, why haven't we played Because <laughs> no one else wants to fucking play ever. <laughs> It'll just be you and me. <laughs> I have TMNT and Other Strangeness. I even bought the Paranormal Rift sourcebook, just in case. Uh, I <laughs> <Yes>. have <laughs> Mutants Down Under. I have... Transdimensional Turtles. I have, like, six of the seven Ninja Turtles-specific source books and oh. GM screen. I, yeah. I am ready. <laughs> that was, that was, you didn't see it, everybody, but that I was the face ready. of, like, I'm legit, thank you. <laughs> I have been ready to play TMNT f- four or five years. Uh, well, we're going to have to get on that. We definitely need to get on. I heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many other games coming up, but um, if you are going to start with a Cthulhu game, 
Call of Cthulhu would be a good one to start with, would you say? If you want to go big into the Cthulhu mythos, yes. yes. Definitely go with Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu. Or, Otherwise, if, you've if, got you're, the Savage if you're a Savage Worlds fan, yes. go Realms of Cthulhu. I think that that's awesome, too, because we've already done that a little bit with our Savage Worlds campaign. So yes. definitely recommend I mean, You guys I, have already played player, enough Savage Worlds yeah. that we can do a full Cthulhu campaign, no issue. Yeah. All. Oh, as a as a player, I recommend um, it because it just it adds another layer to what like you're doing. If you're like super into the D20 system, 3.5 system, yeah, have that style game going already, or want to play those rules, uh, find the Wizards released Call of Cthulhu hardcover. Right. Yep. Um, Definitely. What else? Uh, if you want to play yourself. Yeah. And you want to play simple rules. See how that goes at the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, the end of the world, definitely. There's some other ones as well. For end are, of the world, you mean? Uh, no, for RPGs that are gaining traction. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. have really good writers. Um, let's see. I'm looking it up on my phone, folks. I have a list, which I will link you. And each one of the games they include has a link on where to find it. So we'll link that in the show notes. But other games... Um, yeah, definitely take a look at those uh, show notes when you get a chance because oh, good information in there and you can look at this list. If you're a GURPS person, GURPS Cthulhu Punk. Um, and from what I've heard, and I haven't bought any yet, but I guess GURPS source books are like really great general RPG source books, even if you're not playing GURPS. So keep that in mind. Um... The Trail of Cthulhu um, and Akchung Cthulhu okay. are two big names um, that I keep seeing pop up. Nice. And I actually have one of the Akchung Cthulhu books, um, which includes Savage Worlds um, mechanics and Call of Cthulhu mechanics in it, Oh, nice. I believe. Okay. Um, so their source books are pretty cool. Nice. Uh, so definitely, there's definitely plenty out, out there to check out. Yeah. And a wide range of styles of play and eras to play in. I mean, <laughs> considering how... The knowledge in the world. what the Lovecraftian <laughs> Cthulhu mythos are. are at your fingertips. <laughs> and there's just, there's so much you can do with this, though. Right. And there's plenty out there. Again, if you're, if you're a fan... Or you might enjoy it a little bit more, but if you're not, definitely try to give it a shot. Um, because it's worth it just for the uniqueness and the challenges and the the weird, fun aspects that it brings about in play. And if you go for the Call of Cthulhu, you got to remember, it's a mystery game. You're probably not going to live. Yeah, no. You're not looking you know to... know that going you're, in. You're not looking to fight every adversary you come across. No. Um, <laughs> that means you get to live. <laughs> it's, it's scary. And you don't learn things. And you can't just pick up whatever you want and touch whatever you want and kill whatever you want. You have to be careful. Yeah. In, so, in some vein, one might say that it's like the first edition of D&D where it's just this dungeon crawl and you're a little bit paranoid <laughs> what you do. <laughs> but you had magic back then. And you I, can hit things with I said swords. it's a little bit like... I didn't say it was exactly like... <laughs> I'm talking about the paranoia part of it. <laughs> well, yeah. It's there's definitely a, on par. There's plenty of paranoia. <laughs> and insanity. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know. paranoia is founded. <laughs> plenty of that to go around. <laughs> so, yeah. Cthulhu... Whether you're looking to read or play a game, Cthulhu and Lovecraft, look into them. Definitely worth, worth looking into. It's, it's a subgenre unlike any other. Absolutely. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> Cthulhu Photogon. Oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> so I think that about does it for this uh, episode of the Untamed Rant. Yeah. yeah. I think that... Cthulhu was our I mean, topic. kind of weaved in... <laughs> weaved in and out. We didn't go in at the order quite we wanted to, but we got there. Yeah, we covered everything. So <laughs> um, you could pretty much talk about Cthulhu for hours and yes. get no answers. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there are podcasts, and actually, I, should, I should look for some. There are probably podcasts that talk about Cthulhu. Yeah. There is, I will search for it for the show oh, notes. Mm-hmm. There is a guy who does a series of explanatory YouTube videos, oh, which nice. includes a playlist of the Cthulhu mythos. And he does a very good job of describing 
Cthulhu, the Mythos, Elder Gods, Sothagwa, Yarlathotep, Migo, all those things. He has, they're like seven minute videos. Very good job of nice. explaining them. Yeah, definitely um, something to add to our show notes for this one. Yeah, so I will definitely add that. I will add the list of Cthulhu RPGs mm-hmm. so that you can have a linked list of various games to check out. Which hopefully you do. Yep. And um, if you're looking for stories, just go to Barnes & Noble. Find their collection table, their hardcover collections. They always have those tables. And just find Lovecraft. And you will have plenty of stories to be re- to read by him. And yeah. if you like Cthulhu, there's always new Cthulhu anthologies by tons of new writers and old writers. Yes. Um, if you have any comments or anything like that, be sure to get a hold of us, which we will, obviously, at the end of this, uh, let you know how to get a hold of us. But any information so right like now, that is If you is want to get a hold it, yeah. of us, I am John Crowley, the Wandering Alchemist. You can find me on Twitter at 42nd underscore alchemist, or you can email me at jcrowley31042 at gmail.com. And I am Erin, also known as the Untamed Scribe. You can find me on Twitter at Untamed Scribe, all lowercase. And on Gmail, I am Erin, E-R-I-N dot Ross, R-O-S-S, 88 at gmail.com. So if you have anything to add in terms of what we talked about today or... Suggestions on what I should read. Exactly. That I might not have read. <laughs> or that I should read now, now that I'm yeah. involved. <laughs> or um, a system that we didn't mention that I should look into. Or a specific adventure, uh, regardless of what system it is, that would be interesting to look into. Definitely any, suggest them. Or any helpful resources in terms of Cthulhu. Like you yep. were talking about a YouTube channel. Anything like that yep. is always welcome. Yeah, we love resources, and anything you send us I will add to my list to include in one of the weekly resources blogs. Yeah, and uh, be sure to check us out on uh, the blog itself, absolutely. (laughs) Which is getting more and more posts once again, now that I have caught caught up and started figuring things out again. (laughs) Um, And for those interested in the Patreon, our plan is coming together. Things are in the works. We will continue mentioning things about that. Indeed. Um, And you can continue to see more updates on how that is going to improve very soon. And you can also, uh, for the blog, you can check out our uh, actual play podcasts for that. Yes. Our actual play podcasts will be back um, in a week or two if you are a patron listening to this. And in... Hopefully last week, if you are not a patron (laughs) listening to this, um, beginning with the entire full final session of our Star Wars Edge of the Empire game. Yeah. Which was tons of fun. That was one of the best games. The one um, best one-shot games. It's an apology for being gone for a while and not having yet finished that, even though we've had it. We're giving you the whole session right up front. Yeah. So, expect that. Expect more articles. Expect changes to the Patreon. Good things to come. Check yeah. us out. Help support us if you can. And we appreciate you listening as always. We will see you next month with tea. Next so month. We've got a few ideas and we're going to send out a Twitterverse poll to see what the topic really is. So we can't tell you much more than other than it's going to be a topic beginning with tea. <laughs> you will have four choices. Once again, you will be able to vote. Yeah, hopefully you vote. If you are a patron, go vote right now. It is going to be pinned. To the top of my page. If you are not a patron, I hope you already voted because it probably closed yesterday. Um, <laughs> if you want a chance to hear about it before the poll goes up, <laughs> you know how to do that. So, yeah, um, a lot of Last time we got, I think, over 40 votes. Yeah, we did. I'd love yeah. to see more this time. Which was awesome. I'm hoping people... Thank you all who voted. <laughs> yeah, and if you listened to it because you voted, thank you as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll see what we're talking about next week. In a couple weeks now. And then next month, or the month after next month, we will have the a New Year. special mm-hmm. New Year's episode with uh, resources that I have posted over the year. And then some... And just a nice big collected 
discussion about all the various online and not online resources that you could use as a GM. So many, many things to come and uh, things to look forward to for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a good rest of your day and or night, however you, however you're listening. <laughs> whenever you are. Whenever. Have a good whenever. <laughs> <laughs> and we will catch you next month. Bye. See ya.